Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of Dean Debates. This is a podcast where the four of us DMs, players, uh, and good friends yell at each other about our very subjective opinions surrounding this beloved game of make-believe, which all know is Dungeons and Dragons, fifth edition in our case. Uh, I'm Amanda, your moderator for today's episode. Like always, I am joined by my wonderful Dean Debaters. Like to introduce yourselves. I'm Scott. I'm Corey. Jake. Well, Jake, I am. <laughs> yes, you are. You sure are, Jake. Uh, the structures of our debates pretty much stays the same each episode. Uh, my friends here will partake in three different debates, two of which the questions they know ahead of time to prepare for, the third of which is a fun surprise to answer on the spot. Uh, today's topic, one of my favorite things to just think about, is ability scores. I'm sure we have some probably we probably have some nice hot takes about our six favorite numbers in the game. Let's hop right into things. Oh, yeah. uh, for this first question, I just want to get a kind of general sense of what are thoughts and ability scores in general? Because as a game designer and looking at this mechanic, I'm so fascinated by it. Because to me, I see these scores and I'm like, wow, their uses are almost exclusively for generating modifiers and complicating character creation for new players. So I want to know your thoughts. Should ability scores be you know, defended as this integral part of D&D? Is it this redundant mechanic we should toss away in future editions? Does it just need some minor changes, but it's still loved? I wanted to hear just your opening thoughts. I'm going to be giving you guys two minutes for opening statements here. Let me roll, uh, you know, a d12. Why not? To see who's going to go first. Okay, that is... Jake, you are going oh, yeah. first. Of course. Um, I'll put my timer. Yeah. <laughs> One for Corey, two for Scott, three to 12 to, for Jake. <laughs> <laughs> no, I swear, it's just, it's just the dice. All right. So it's so you have two minutes. Start whenever, start whenever you're ready. Okay. Uh, I absolutely think they should be kept. Absolutely. I'll start with that. But they should be made more important because I do agree they don't really do much at the moment. So I'll first kind of say why they should be kept. Where, like, I think they provide your character their identity. The modifiers describe the truth, while as the scores are the actual truth. Like when people compare stats, they're not saying, oh, I have plus three, but you have plus two. I mean, they might sometimes, but people say, oh, I have a 16 strength bar, you're only 11, weak peasant. And they're like, like when we make fun of, Let's say someone had four intelligence. We make fun of them because they have four intelligence, not because they have minus three. Anyway, so, and what I, the way I think they should be more useful is that I think certain actions should have like a score requirement. So, you know how like heavy armor requires 16 strength, say? I think that certain skills, not every skill, this is kind of up to DM discretion, but I think skills should require certain scores to attempt. Like this prevents the scenario where let's say there's a boulder in the way and there's a big, a big old barbarian and a tiny little three foot tall wizard. Why should like, what happens if the wizard rolls a nat 20 on strength and the other guy rolls a nat one? It makes no sense that the, the wiz, tiny little wizard is gonna outstrength the barbarian. So there should be a requirement, like I say a 16 strength requirement. And now they roll with their modifier. So you, now you've got a use for both stats. Uh, and it makes people feel useful, so not everyone can attempt everything. You actually have to be good in a stat to attempt it. Not everything, so, like, it's a bit different for, like, a history check, because that depends more on your background. But it's for, like, the more, like, physical, more tangible things. Um, but, like, if you remove them, you're kind of taking a lot away from D&D. You'd have to change so much. Like, when you level up, do you get plus one modifier? Or would you get a half modifier? Like, feats will have to change. Level ups will have to change. Ra races will have to change. I think I so I think yes, they are an integral part, just make them more useful. Oh, you know. That's your time. Interesting. I'm gonna sleep. All right. Can make like a kind of barrier. You can only attempt certain things with certain scores. That's interesting. Um going next, let me roll the good old die once again. Uh Corey, that is you. So uh whenever you're ready, I'll start the timer. You got two minutes. Tell me what are your thoughts on ability scores? Alright, look, I personally don't have anything against ability scores, okay? Ability scores didn't kill one of my family members or anything, but I will say that I think it's, if, if you were to give me the power in designing how D&D goes about ability scores, I say you don't need them. I say ability scores be gone. 
Uh, you roll them up once and you only add them little by little every few levels, always consulting the modifier chart, which can be a hassle, especially for new players. I believe that the modifiers should be the only numbers that a D&D player should worry about. You, um, and here's, here's how I think you can implement it. Uh, PCs can start with modifiers that add to, let's say, seven. So they can start with skills like a plus three strength, plus two dex, plus one con, plus one uh, intelligence, and then plus zero, plus zero for wisdom, charisma, any, any sort of permutation of that where the modifiers add up to a certain number. I'm not a balance expert. I just picked seven because I think that's probably in the range of possibility. Uh, so instead of ability score increases, you get two points to put into any modifier and modifiers increase once two points are put into them, right? So this method, so, so let's say you are a monk and you have a plus two in wisdom uh, and you get the ability score increase uh, at level four. You can put like two points into wisdom and then once, a, once an ability gets two points, it'll upgrade uh, into like the next sort of uh, modifier. So it'll go to a plus three. Um, it's, it's very similar to how ability scores work. Every sort of two numbers, you get the up and modifier, but it takes away the need to translate number to number. Uh, this method is more customizable, putting your character's abilities into your own hands and gives D&D um, even more of a video game-like feel. Um, you know, like Pokemon at the end of each level up from a uh, Pokemon, you know, the little pluses they go up yes. and down. Yes, that is, that is your two minutes Pokemon. I know that game. <laughs> cool all right interesting just i like the approach i like the invention of this, or you kind of pitch this new mechanic as well as like a way to replace it that is very interesting um that now leaves us with scott i'd like to hear your takes and i don't think you have oh whenever you're ready all right i don't think it's practical to try and abolish ability scores maybe if you're going back to first edition and you're redesigning how ttrpgs have been played as a whole um sure but it's so ingrained by this point here's the the balance part of the reason we have ability scores and this is something that corey touched on a little bit is that half score increase um, and having that half score increase um, allows for a lot of variation in builds. It lets you bump two mediocre stats a lot easier than it lets you bump um, one great stat, uh, and it lets you incorporate feats more easily into your build, which I think allows for a more diverse set of build mechanics and more uh, exciting set of builds. When, say, you are a wizard with a 19 intelligence, there aren't many feats that, or uh, you get to choose a feat that uh, bumps your intelligence. Maybe you choose observance, and now you have a great passive perception as a wizard. I think that having that kind of reward of the uh, intermittent bonuses um, is a great way to diversify build type. So my thing is keep the ability scores, but give more feats. Every feat that's not one of the mainstay, like full arm master, crossbow expert, sharpshooter, great weapon master, those are like the big feats. Beyond that, almost every feat should have like a plus one score increase, in my opinion so that uh, you can add more and more feats to your character uh, to boost your levels. It's, it's so satisfying to be able to, you could take two feats over the course of two levels to bump up your primary ability score. Um, and that would be just such a satisfying feeling, get, getting twice as much bang for your buck over a long-term uh, thing. Uh, so I think the design of ability scores uh, is inherent with the half mechanic, and I think that it encourages feat use, and that makes more dynamic play. Right. Interesting. More feats. All right. Oh. More, more, more small bonuses. <laughs> small bonuses. Mostly feats. Very cool. Very interesting. I will, I'm resetting my clock. I'm going to get a few minutes to argue it out. We got some varying opinions in the bunch, and I want to know who's the most correct. Corey, I think yours fails as a way to simplify things. Um, because if you still have, I can, I can respect, I don't like, but I can respect the notion of, okay, you only bump up one score by one. But if you're keeping, if you're keeping that two mechanic thing, um, I don't see a reason why not to have 
these additional because at that point at that point what you are having to do is you are having to keep track of and one half at the bottom that's another block when we're trying to eliminate blocks of text on the character sheet um, i don't think that it simplifies things to call your strength three and a half rather than 17. well the, the way i'm thinking about it um, I probably should have explained it better, but like it wouldn't be, you know, more text or anything. There wouldn't be one half. It'd be a little bit like death saves where you have these little bubbles at the bottom of the block of your ability score and you just fill one in, uh, you, you get the points from the level ups like level four. Uh, and then once, you know, you have those two bubbles filled in, it goes up to the next one and then you erase the bubbles and keep going from there. Um, and I mean, that's that kind of like, I don't know if, if that really cluttering anything, it's just kind of the same as having to erase, you know, 14 and make it 16 or whatever. Um, so there's that. I, I will say this, Jake, about yours. Uh, I kind of, the, the, the thing that I have the biggest problem with is the fact that like making requirements for certain things with ability scores and like checks and stuff, like your boulder example with the, the, the wizard and the, the barbarian or whatever, it kind of, seems to me like it takes away some of the fun of being able to do whatever you want in D&D. Like that's a big thing people who play D&D say like about like what's really cool about it is you get to kind of do whatever you want. And I feel like restraining certain characters from being able to do things like, I mean, so the, that's the reason the dice are in the game. It's just because like, you know, can't, funny things can happen. You never know. Maybe the wizard just gets the angle right on the boulder. You know, like that's stuff like that. I feel um, putting a requirement on would uh, take away, you know? I agree. It locks things in too much because when you have a wizard with like a 12 strength or something, sure, you're not very strong and you're not going to meet any of those requirements, but you're kind of like, hey, I'm a wizard with a 12 strength. I'm really strong for a wizard. I want to try and bust down the door. That's an inherently fun. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think, I think I get what you're saying. You should try, be able to do whatever you want. And like, but it kind of sucks when you're that strong player and this really feeble wizard just does it better than you. And I don't think it's like oh, limiting. It's normal, like... But statistically, you still have the advantage. People are going to look at the barbarian and say, okay, you but can... Like, but like, even if it happens like once, the barbarians are like, well, why did this happen? I'm supposed to be this The answer guy. is the dice. The answer is the dice. No, but they were like, What's the explanation behind that? Why has this little tiny guy outstrength the barbarian and this isn't for everything there are a lot of things everyone can attempt it's just the things that just make sense for certain people to be able to attempt like the boulder they it just doesn't make sense that a tiny guy even if he rolls an at 20 why can he suddenly push a boulder that I mean, kind of remo the removes so, the jake i want to i want to help you out a little bit what is your intent more of maybe you can attempt it but that low strength wizard could never actually succeed regardless of like a nat 20 or like a high roll. It's more of a success thing rather than like a attempt. Is that well, what you're like, going to go for? Like the, the, so the, it's kind of a combination of trying why the scores and modifiers important. So no, I don't think like if you have like an eight in strength, like I'm not saying these requirements should be steep. If you have a 12 strength, then probably you can attempt it. But if you have like an eight or six strength, then you shouldn't even be able to attempt six. Even if you're on that 20, why has you, who are a weak character right. by definition, able to push this boulder? I, I think, mean, I think imagine your words. No, I'm, I'm trying to help you out here. Okay, I think okay. instead of saying attempt, um, if you want to about like, because anyone could go up and try to push the boulder, it's more of like the, do you actually have a chance of letting it move? Like you can just physically go up there and push it, but nothing will happen regardless like, if you have low strength. It's a matter of like, do you actually have a chance at pushing it? Well, yeah, like you can yeah, go so up to a boulder and push it if you like. But yeah, um, so I think I think attempt is where they're getting you on. I'm trying to help you out here because I see your I, point. I see it. I think at that point, I see your point too. But I think at that extent, instead of making a requirement for you to have a specific ability score, you can solve that problem just as easily by a DM saying, "Hey, this is going to be harder for you, so the DC is going to be higher." You know what I mean? Like. I feel like that can solve the problem just as easily without having to, like, but like, you know, make that but why? Like, what, what, what was the reasoning behind that? Why would the DC be harder? Because that means they can still succeed. Like, so, 
I mean, maybe he can because maybe he knows the angles, fulcrums, levers, physics. Oh. I don't know. Like, do I time to like? We're really, we're really taking over yeah, some older things. We can run. I'm not so I, long. I, I actually, I, we're running, we're running out of time for this I debate. To, I, I'm the. Mo- Everyone else. We're in a time for this debate, and I we're actually going to move on to closing statements at this point. We talked about this bullet for so long, um, which I think for Scott, I mean, you guys want to use your closing statements to go up to Scott. I've not heard much about his approach yet. Uh, yeah, so, I, uh, this provides some great uh, options for low-powered feats. Like Dungeon Delver doesn't really give you an increase. Um, but if you had it like as a wisdom increase thing, that's cool if you're inquisitive rogue and you're looking to boost your wisdom. Like, uh, it, I think that, uh, just modifying another part of the game to support, uh, a part of the game that everybody likes, feats, uh, to support the ability scores more will make ability scores more, uh, generally impactful. Um, it builds yes. on existing mechanics. I guess I could throw in a comment on Scott's. Uh, by doing that, you've made a lot of feet absolutely garbage, like Keen Mind. Who will ever pick Keen Mind now? When, um, I mean, that's just an example. Um, but like now that Keen Mind doesn't have an edge on this plus modifier, where's its, you know, the direction of south? I mean, Keen Mind's just an example. Don't focus on Keen Mind, but there are other feats like that. And also, I don't see how this kind of fixes the is- the use of ability score. Like, yeah, you've got more added to ability scores, but abilities to score just still just these numbers that don't do much. And I think just on the comment of why ability scores are necessary, it's because they provide the identity of your character. A modifier or a bubble it says nothing. Like, what we don't def- we don't define our characters by their modifiers. We define them by our scores. I mean, this is true. When you guys compare your characters, you don't compare your modifiers. You compare your scores, at least in my experience. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, and my, my system was just a proposed way to make more useful. Like, maybe maybe it's not the optimal way. I'm not a professional game designer, but I think the key aspect is keep them, just make them more useful. And I think my proposed way has potential. Core, any last words, thoughts? Yeah, I'll comments, just say concerns? this about yeah, I'll just say this about my method. It doesn't really infringe on the balance of modifiers. It keeps, you know, keeps the increments by two. And although it is new and will have a tiny learning curve for those who have been playing DD for a long time, I do think it'll be easier to understand in the long run, especially for and good, easy to pick up for new players and won't get in the way of the essence of DD. All right. Very that's very interesting. Some interesting takes that were thrown out. Um, however, moving on, regardless of whether we need to keep them, get rid of them, change them, at this point with D&D 5e, still need to generate these six numbers somehow. That's why I want to know from you guys, what is the best way to generate ability scores? Uh, I Throughout, you can feel free to argue for any pre-established method or any homebrew system. Talking about the fun ones like make them up or 13s all around, which is one of my favorite ways to just add some flavor. Um, but I like to know what you guys think. You know, what do you, you know, advocate for? What is your generation method of choice? Um, oh, I should roll to see who goes first. Can you all like, to... I would just like mm-hmm. to say that 13 all around is terrible for a DD character, but can you imagine how godlike that would be on a person? That's so uh, that... good. That would be really good. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Yeah, I mean... But you'd be like, you wouldn't excel in anything. You'd be, like, average. You're, you're, you're excelling everything. everything. No, you're no, no, above 13, average a, a, 13, a 13 is not excelling. It's a bit above average. I, I yeah, think you're, you're moderately good at like, a lot of it'd things. Be cool. It'd be cool, but you're not going to be the best at anything. I think it's bold of us to assume that any of us are more than a plus two in our best stat. Because I have no yeah. idea what and you know, we'll keep that in mind for but... question three, but right now we're on question two. No so... way! Oh, what are we oh, yeah. oh, chicken dinner. Um, that was a die that I just rolled. Um, okay, for this it's one. It's gonna be me. <laughs> Alright, Corey, we're gonna have you start this debate. Um, I wanna know, what are your thoughts? Okay, here we go. I've come up with a modification of the point-by system that I like to call the legacy point-by system, 
with this system, you get 74 points to put into your ability score. That is, all six scores must add up to 74. No score can exceed 15 or be below 7, and at least one score under 10 is highly encouraged. With other ability score generating systems, especially in dice rolling, you aren't always in control of your character, which seems kind of counterintuitive. Your character should be totally yours, molded, sculpted by your own hands, making them that much more personal to you, which is why this legacy point by system I've devised is perhaps the most customizable ability score generation out there, with countless permutations of ability scores that allow for super malleable characters to be made. It's simple, it's balanced, it's e kind of, it's easy for new players to understand, and it's easy for veteran players to pick up. I will be trying this out in my next campaign, and I'm sure that absolutely nothing will go wrong. I yield my time. That is perfect. You yield your time. I forgot to set my timer. So that is perfect. I, wow, point, legacy point by. Oh, real quick. The reason I call it the legacy point by system is because D&D came out in 1974. Nice little... Ooh. That's, that's nice. Anyway, you, give, you should give them 1,974 points. To <laughs> <laughs> yeah. truly legacy. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's opening strong. Um, so, all right, moving on, though. Uh, Scott, I believe because you went third last time, I'll have you go second now. Uh, Scott, what is, in your opinion, the best method? People love rolling for stats. What people do not love is when they roll for stats and it turns out poorly for them and they don't like uh, and they don't feel that it is appropriate to their character. I am of the school of thought um, that though random stat genera generation is awesome and entertaining and should be kept uh, for those uh, places, you should have a stat that you are great at and a stat that you dump. Um, I think that um, the current point buy systems and the current standard array system do not go low or high enough, which is why I am advocating for rolling for stats. And after you have rolled for stats, um, if you do not have um, a stat above, um, above 15 or below 10, you can then, uh, and you can you can do this anyway if you want within certain bounds. You can then take two away from a low ability score and put one into a higher ability score, effectively allowing you to reduce your overall character uh, points in favor of um, bumping up um, your highest score. This allows you um, to be able to uh, make this effective character because most characters are based on uh, predominantly a single attacking or spellcasting stat. Um, and also it encourages more fun, super low stats because Lazarus having five intelligence is very fun. And the fact that Faustinus has no plus, no minuses is not as fun. All right, and I'll cut you off there. That's interesting. Okay, so, but it's ba so based in, uh, the random generation, or so, so, random generation as in 46 drop the lowest, or just 3d6? Oh, Alright, so 46 drop the lowest, and afterwards, if you, uh, it's ab above 15 and below a 10, you said? Yeah. Alright, that is quite an interesting that's, approach. That's the thing that necessitates it. You can yes. do it. Okay, very interesting. And Jake, we will wrap up the opening statements with you. What is your approach? People like rolling uh, dice, it's, it's true. Uh, cling cling, good dice. Uh, I uh, so I definitely think that people should roll. I also believe in the uh, roll forty six, uh, take highest three. Uh, if you don't roll any stats, uh, sixteen, you can either increase your highest stat to sixteen, or you can reroll all your stats. But you have to take the reroll because otherwise people will do it kind of forever. I don't think you should have to have a negative because I don't. I mean, they should have the option to if they'd like. But I don't think you should make them uh, re-roll because I think the argument for having someone have a dump stat is for role-play reasons. I don't think this is the. I think actually uh, this is uh, counterintuitive because if they say have a minus intelligence, they will never use Arcana, Religion, or whatever the intelligence stats are. Same for wizards with strength. I think having a, like a like a other fear, weakness like fear of fire, a drinking problem, insomnia. I don't know, something like that, that you answer character, that's a better role play. So they should basically 46, take highest three, um, uh, no stats, because they also need to feel good. They need to have one at 16. 
And if like if they still don't think they're good, then you can just like give them magic items along the way. Like, but I really don't think that'll be an issue because they're gonna have a stat 16. That's their choice which one it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Very interesting. You were like kind of two forty-six uh, proponents. I think they're different enough that it can be for an interesting debate. So yeah, I'll give you guys a couple minutes to argue it and tell me, you know, what, what should I use in the future? You know, not necessarily me, just 20, DMs 20, in general. Twenty and I should have said myself. Don't don't specify someone <laughs> on me. That's for we'll save it for later. Um, I just want to know, yeah, what's the just kind of in general best way to approach uh, that generation? Corey, uh, I have a major issue with yours. I like the idea. I like the idea of having a pool and just redistribute around and make the super customizable character. However, my main problem with point by and the standard array, don't go high enough uh, and don't go low enough. And you impose that same 15 limit uh, on your own system. I think that it's dishonest to characters to be like, um, to be like this character wouldn't start out with as, as high a strength as I can. If I'm playing, if I'm playing like a classic barbarian and I want to play just the classic barbarian, I'm going to max out my strength as much as I can. Um, and I'm going to lower my intelligence and wisdom because I'm going to have more fun playing it that way. I don't think, um, that, uh, I, I, I only think it's a negative impact. I don't think it's a positive impact for the DM or the players to have this 15 cap uh, that's meant to balance things. I think it only uses up your ASI levels down the road if you feel like you're wasting them. Well, the thing I have about that is that, yes, the, with the um, generation itself, 15 is the highest, but also you'll have racial bonuses. And if you start off with like some super high ability score increase, a, I think that can be like kind of overpowered for level one. Like I'm playing Roby Rontok in Amanda's campaign, starting off as a freaking 12 year old with 20 intelligence. Like I think it's overpowered. I still play it, and Amanda, I hope you still let me. But yes. it's I like it's I I only rolled up those stats because everyone else is rolling those stats, and when and rolling up stats has the ability to be kind of overpowered and leave you no room to grow as a character. You know what I mean? Because like if if you I mean, 15 plus racial bonuses, 16 or 17, is still pretty high for a first level character. And when you roll up stats, um, you always have that chance to just like kind of go super high. And I don't think that's super fair. Um, and it doesn't really leave you anywhere to go as a character. Like you're just gonna put more into the stats like you don't use as much. It's like you, you give yourself the chance to grow, it's, which is something I super support. I, I like it. I, I like the system of maxing things out better because it applies to all of the players. If your predominant concern is unfairness, um, both Jake and my systems make sure that everybody is benefiting from that same high ability score at the first thing. And for the process of like maxing out your character level, uh, even if you're playing a game where feats are not an option, which I've never played in one of those games, but even if you're playing in a game where feats are not an option for character building, there are things that you can do. Bumping your constitution by two points gives you as many hit points as you have the level. Uh, as you have levels, which feels like a massive increase. Getting your dexterity up will increase your uh, armor class. There are things that feel so satisfying about bumping secondary stats, especially multi-attribute dependent classes like paladins and monks, um, that uh, make you feel uh, more effective, uh, that you feel like you're giving up um, when you have to spend pretty much your first like if you're starting at a 17 in strength, if you're starting at a 17 or a 16 in your best stat, most campaigns don't go past level eight. You have no opportunities um, to diversify your options besides just those um, ASI at four and ASI at eight. Uh, okay, great, my stat is maxed out now. Sure, wish I could do other things with my ASIs, but no, the campaign's probably over by this point. Can I, can I add, I'll add, I'll add something to the point by? I think we haven't touched on the, I think the biggest issue of point by, there is no variety. Everyone, everyone is going to get the best stats. They're going to go 15 in three of them, seven, or oh, I didn't do the maths. I played in point by, uh, this is an actual thing that happens. Everyone will put three stats in 15 and then three stats in whatever the minimum is. And because they want to be optimal. And if they don't, 
some people don't, they are suboptimal. And the put somebody did do that in this campaign. And they, they were not as good as anyone else. And people don't like feeling not as good. So you're just going to have a situation where every barbarian has the same, for four race bonuses, has the same strength, dex, and con. Every wizard has the same, well, I guess, intelligence, con. I actually don't know what the third one is for a wizard. But um, I think that's another issue of the point buy. But that's not my point buy system. My point buy system is... No, it's like, the same. They're point buying. They're, they're, it's the same thing. No, right? they have Everyone a pool of a... 74 individual points that they can put into whatever skills they want to. Well, yeah, they're, they're going to put they're going to put max out the three yeah. stats that correspond to their class. And they're going to min the stats that aren't corresponding to their I mean, class. I wouldn't. I know a lot of players who but, are into. Mm, I mean, but that's just having a pessimistic view of of players in general, of like min maxers. Like, sure, min maxers are going to do that, but like having this method is going to give any player the opportunity to have whatever so, configuration of character you want. For time's sake, I'm going to have to end the discourse here and kind of move into closing statements. Maybe keep those closing statements a little brief, because um, I think we're just rehashing a lot of the same points here. Um, I want to encourage you guys to maybe, Corey, you got to take a stab at these 46 methods if you want to have a shot here. I'm going to be honest. Um, but yeah, we'll go into kind of brief closing statements before moving on to question three. All right, I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, so the big thing with my method is that it's uh, balanced and it's customizable. Okay. Um, Again, I, I've already said it, so I won't go too much on it, but like you don't give yourself room to grow when you have all of these stats that are super high already starting at first level. But customization is super important. And with rolling your stats, you're leaving it all up to the dice. And yes, dice are an, a pretty big part of D&D, but when you're creating your character, you want your character to be yours. And when you're putting all of these points in whatever configuration you want to, whatever permutations you want, it gives you full control over who your character is going into the campaign. It attaches you to them. It makes them more yourself. And I feel like rolling for your stats, although you do give these opportunities to like switch it up here and there, like why not just give all the power to the player? Power to the player. Right. I think that's like some sort of slogan, but boom. Mm -hmm. I think just kind of on, on that, I think your, your, that argument is valid if we were saying 46 in order. These players are choosing where the, their stats rely and that is their power to the player and i think people like like why don't why doesn't the dm just arbitrarily choose the outcome of every single ability check because people like rolling dice they like the randomness of the they want the unpredictability and i think that's what rolling dice contributes and as for, i think scott and mine are very similar i think the only difference is uh have to have one dump set and i've kind of put out the argument of why i don't think you necessarily need a dump set of like if they want to have a dump set they can have a dump set but I think you should force them. Like, if they rolled that well, that, that'd be good. Like, why should, like, say a character's playing this, like, noble who's just an average old noble, why why does he have to necessarily be have a dump stat? Maybe ha encourage the player to have some other kind of weakness. Like I said, like a fear of fire, like, uh, I don't know, drinking problem, memory problems, etc. It's the, the weaknesses that come from a dump stat will never become relevant. Because the player will just avoid using skills associated with I that. Ability. I think I think that the dump stat plays into role play a lot. We see that with the, a lot with the low intelligence characters in your campaign, and every character that I've role played, uh, even characters that have a positive in everything, I've thought to myself, "Oh, one of these three, like normally the 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 three mental stats, wisdom, intelligence, and charisma." I've always thought one of these three. It's hilarious how bad this person is at them and how good they are at something else. I think, I think that um, having an enforced dump stat um, is a method of balance um, that allows uh, still the randomness, uh, and I think overall players will still enjoy it. All right, that is quite interesting, Manson. Points were made. Some, I like some things I heard, did not like other things I heard overall. We'll, we'll go over at the end, but definitely, sure, those sure were some points and sure were some arguments. Um, I'm just doing a bit of scoring here so that I don't forget because I have a goldfish brain and don't remember anything. Okay. <sighs> so I think that brings us into our last question for this debate on ability scores. And, you know, I just, with all this, um, 
stats and you know stats represent identity and jump stats and you know levels of ability and competence yeah D, &D characters are sometimes able to max out their abilities to a stat to 20 meaning they have some superhuman power in that respective area now it's nearly impossible to have the equivalent of a 20 ability in real life but i think having that opportunity would be pretty freaking cool and i really want that but i i, I don't know which one i'd pick and I want to know if I were just magically able to increase any of like my Amanda's real life stats to twenty, which one should I pick? You got six options. I'd encourage you guys to pick different ones for the sake of debate. Um, and I'll give you guys a minute to uh, state your arguments. And I don't think there's a whole lot of depth that we really need into all of this. Um, but yeah, I think so. Scott, I believe you are starting because you went uh, third and then second. Do you have a stat in mind which I should max out? I do have a stat in mind that you should max out, and I don't think somebody else is going to pick it. I think you should bring your constitution to 20. I think mm -hmm. that with your constitution at 20, you are guaranteed, as you are, uh, as you are leveling up, you are gaining hit points. As you are getting older, you are getting healthier. You are uh, able to stay uh, physically and mentally sharp, retaining your concentration abilities. Um, and retaining uh, your physical health, your, uh, uh, the way that you uh, respond to disease, the things that life brings about you over time, and it lets you slowly, naturally kind of work on all of your other stats. If you're not concerned with your health, if you're uh, just this naturally extremely healthy person with this inherent 20 con that's not going away, um, I think that gives you lots of opportunities to worry about other things. Um, and I think that it's helpful in day-to-day -day life, just makes you more comfortable uh, from day-to-day. -day. None of the other stats, I can't think of a single one of the other stats that will make you a happier person. I think a 20 con right. will make you a happier person. Yeah, is oh, that, is, that is a minute. All right, I just have a 20 con. Interesting. Day-to-day -day life happiness. I like how you brought up concentration because you know I can't concentrate at all. So that is that's a I'm a, there's a bonus point right there. I um, think that, that's charisma, but okay. Concentration spell. Concentration. No, but that's like that's like tanking a hit and kind of focusing on spell when you're kind of seeing studying. I mean, I'm always life is always throwing hits at me. Whatever. This isn't the debate. This is why would that wait? Why would that be charisma? If anything, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I was just spitballing. I just don't think it's constitution. Well. <laughs> I mean, that's good, because I believe, uh, Jake, it is now your uh, turn. Uh, I get... I, I, I could deliberate this for a while. Um, how long do we have, yeah. by the way? Uh, to argue? You have a minute for your opening statement. Like, I'm just gonna- I'm gonna throw out Intelligence 20. You, you wanna know this stuff, you wanna be the best. I mean, if we have Intelligence 20, you are supernaturally smart. Uh, I mean... You you just you're gonna ace your you're gonna get get straight A's without even trying at school. You can get whatever job you want. You can become as I mean, and you can use this intelligence for other things. Like you could understand. I mean, this you might argue this is falling into the category of wisdom, but I don't think so. That you could realize the problem of the world and you could help the entire world. Because I don't think there's anyone with a 20 intelligence maybe alive. I mean, there might be, but I don't know. But you could like help the world with 20 intelligence because you know you know the solution. Because you look at all the economical and mathematical and game design equations <laughs> and you realize you understand the answer. <laughs> so that's why intelligence 20 is the solution. Yeah, you got three seconds left, but it shouldn't really matter. All right, in 20. All right, all right, that's notes. Oh, God, I love making this question about me, it feels so good. <laughs> All right, um, I'm resetting my timer. Lastly, Corey, tell me which, if I could, what stat should I max out to 20? Amanda, no doubt, this is wisdom, okay? And let me tell you why. You want to be just so wise. <laughs> no, but no, but seriously, this is not gonna be another stick, man, I promise. Like, think about it this way, think about it this way. When, when you have wisdom, you have all of the, like, luxury of just being, like, really kind of good at life. Like, you get to just kind of, like, go, go your way through things, like, just, like, kind of having an intuition, right? Intuition. 
intuition i'll say it again because i can't think of anything else to say but like seriously having having just a general knowledge and a good ability to react to the world around you is something that's so important and having all of that wisdom um is is what's gonna really get you there okay um Believe me, I have a lot of good counter arguments and me not being able to conceptually grasp the term wisdom has nothing to do with this being any worse of an argument because it, it, it really is a good argument. Okay. Amanda, you want to be your wise. Your time is up. Your time is up. Your time is up. So I think it's good. Yes, Scott, you, you want to say something? There were four options. Why did you choose the one you had trouble with? Because, I, because listen, I, th I still thought it was the best and I still believe it is right. the best. And right now, these 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 bright hot lights are getting to me. Um, it's good. Max out. You max out any of the um, intelligence. If, if you max out any of the mental stats, that's changing your life, and it's making it worse. The idea. Not wisdom, though. No. No. How no, is no, wisdom no, changing no, your no, life? Let me use. How is wisdom changing your life? Can, can I use historical reference? With intelligence. With intelligence. If you, historical reference. Intelligence. Uh, ideal intelligence is like 15 or 16 where you're crazy fucking smart but you are not isolated from the rest of humanity you have a 20 intelligence you are isolated from humanity well, you are uh, i agree with that you're like on this weird Scott, intellectual I will, level Scott, i will throw out i'll throw out charisma because that's a mental stat that you know i get like it, or intelligence maybe or was it like so well, some charisma what about that if you have a 20 charisma you're becoming a sociopath you can get anything i'm not already what about being incredibly hot? There's that. Huh? Well, charisma's nothing not to do with how you look, though. Charisma's nothing to do with how you look. It's just, it's people skills. Charisma, charisma is people skills and being able to, like, manipulate, like, you know, people's minds and, like, get them to do what you want. I agree with that, which is probably why I didn't, like, choose in the first place. Like, you're good with, okay. like, socially. But, like, I I mean, and intelligence, Jake. Intelligence, Jake. You're so like Ignorance is bliss, Jake. Ignorance is bliss. Too much pressure on your shoulders. You just have to solve all the world's problems like that? Like, what? I gotta say something. I gotta say something. Let's look at history, okay, for the wisdom. Let's look at someone who had a very high wisdom say socrates let's look at socrates uh the philosopher he had a very high wisdom socrates he, i'm he, aware he, uh-huh what uh anyway <laughs> he 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 had this philosophy that to be wise you had to uh re know that you don't know now you're sure you might be clever, but the problem with socrates is the people who were not as wise as him not don't focus on that part focus on this part but the people who were not as wise as him thought he was crazy and he was eventually executed for this. So society's problem, Jake. That's well, not Socrates' that's fault. That's not wisdom's fault. The no, people, no, the people, the no one's gonna look at Amanda and be like, she's insane because she's wise. She knows, like, everyone knows Socrates now. Your isolation. Learn some history's mistakes. The problem. Also, yeah, tell me, Scott. You need to give me the problem with wisdom. With knowing everybody's thoughts, if you are aware of everything and you know the solution to everything, that is a much more crushing burden than the intellect. If you could read everybody's thoughts about you, if you can insight check everybody around and perception check, see all that is around you, uh, that's so depressing. We humans live in a sphere of ignorance that is made for our own happiness, and 20 wisdom breaks that down and makes your life hell. Oh yeah, talk about, talk about, talk about... My anxiety already makes me do that, so you find a better argument for that. I'm sorry. Can, can we, talk about, talk about depressing... Now. Yes, yes, yes. I'm getting the con. Talk about the depressing nature of constitution. Okay, Amanda, let me ask you this question. Are, do you yeah. want to watch all of your friends die? <laughs> because that's what's going to happen when you live forever. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen when you just live, live for like all friends. healthy and happy. You, hey, you, hey, I don't you, have any back problems. Look, like, like you're just going to be there, all happy, while everyone else is crumbling you, to dust around you. You're going to watch the world age, and it's going to be depressing as fuck. You will outlive your yeah. partner. You will outlive your maybe even your children because they won't have twenty con. You that would be even worse, your, wouldn't it? You will outlive your friends. Oh, it Who knows suck, how long? Constitution isn't hereditary. I can tell you that. I know that for a fact. Concentration checks. You have the fortitude because it's linked to both mental concentration checks and physical body. You have the fortitude and health to be able to seek help for those problems, uh, which you don't have. Get out! No! No! 
Knowing what ails so, someone is either you know, wisdom or intelligence, not you, you, constitution. You know, you know what you know what you need. You know, That's you know why what, I said the word seeking. I know, and you know, so you, know, you, you, you but if you have no, the wisdom, wait, you already wait, know wait. that. You can help you know, them you, with having no, that wisdom. No, no, you know who you're yeah, gonna seek. You know who you're gonna seek. Amanda, when she has twenty intelligence, because wisdom. Not wisdom because well, with all that intelligence, inside. she's gonna be she's gonna be busy trying to solve just like literally everything. Like she's just well, gonna yeah. be like, okay, I know I'm all these that. things. Uh, all she's right. gonna be plagued with this knowledge. A twenty intelligence does not demand that you know all of the world pro world's problems. A twenty wisdom demands that you see the world's problems and everything that is happening around you. You are too perceptive and you are too insightful. Intelligence, mm. man, you can save the world. Mm -mm. Save the world. No. Yeah. No, so much pressure. Yeah. It's too much pressure. Well, but, from everyone to be like, oh, you're also, so, oh, Amanda, you're so smart. Amanda, do everything. Amanda, Amanda, you could, yeah. you, you could pass all your game design classes immediately without problem. She's I not mean, good enough. I'm gonna be honest. You, those are not hard to pass. It's okay, okay. Those okay, okay, those fine, fine. I do but need help in. Let, let's look in the future, though. You could create the greatest game that's ever been made because you you are smart enough to know how to. You could realize, you could understand. Right. Because you have the so, You're wise enough to know what people like, for, what game people would, would want the most. Time, for the sake of time, so we're kind of running out of time here. I oh, want I to move back. on to closing statements, keep it brief. Love this debate. This is a fun debate. I have a headache. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> a few more minutes, just closing statements, and then we can kind of go into final scores and wrap this up, and I'll say who won this episode. Um, yeah, last okay. words, remarks. Let's let's agree that Dex is the worst one. Anyway, continue. Well, it depends. <laughs> it depends. I mean, if, I mean, if she's the runner, she's a track star. I'm so clumsy. Okay. I would love high Dex. Mm -hmm. Yeah, high. Yeah, yeah, okay. Doesn't matter. Okay. Genius is one percent percent inspiration and ninety nine percent perspiration. If you have the stamina, if you if you have the stamina um, and the health on your side, you have the, abil the ability to overcome the other challenges in your life. These other stats create challenges in your life that you have no new capacity to deal with. Having a high constitution gives you an inherent ability to deal with things because at least you are strong and do not have to uh, worry about bodily things. So much of happiness is just rooted um, in your own personal health uh, and getting enough sleep and eating the right things. And a 20 con is just making it so that that is automatic. You are operating at that peak physical capacity all the time. And I don't think that the impact of that can be understated. All right. Um, okay, so go. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd take 20 in any of them, but I think intelligence is a pretty cool one to have. You got, you know, the, you know, you know, just pretty much anything. And it's not that you know anything you don't want to know, because I think intelligence is the fact of like what you want to know, you immediately get the understanding of. Um, but like constitution, like, yeah, that'd be cool. But like every, everyone around you, like after like busy week of work, they will get tired and you'll be like, oh, I know, I've got nothing to do because no one can keep up with me. And like, you, you, so, sometimes sometimes you want a sense of like just getting at everyone else's pace you know just like on a social level with constitution you'll get that and i mean like wisdom as, as scott says you understand all the problems but you don't know like the solutions you'd only give philosophical solutions but you don't know the actual solutions that's where your 20 intelligence comes in I'll, I'll say this. Uh, look, uh, Oxford Dictionary defines wisdom as the quality of having oh, experience, <laughs> knowledge, and good judgment. The quality of being wise, okay? Soundness of an action or decision, okay? Yeah. Application of experience, knowledge, and judgment, okay? Amanda, do you want to have good judgment? Do you want to make good decisions, okay? Life is all about decisions. And you're going to make the best decisions with wisdom, okay? Look, you're going to demand respect because everyone, everyone knows that you, you're just good at life. Okay, and wisdom is just insight and perception. There's nothing about good decisions. Okay, well, you know, insight goes into judgment, and insight goes into decisions. You decide based on how you assess any given situation, what you've learned, what you know. Okay, and and you know what? Uh, you know, we've said it all here. Wisdom. Boom. Nice draw. <laughs>
Wow. <laughs> All right. This is not another mm. stick meta argument. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was a fun bit. We have like four minutes to wrap this up. So um, I think I'm, I'm going to start by saying the grand total winner and then kind of go uh, dive in from there. Um, oh, yeah. Let me actually calculate this first. Ooh, ooh. This was okay. All right. The winner of our ability scores debate by two points. Just two points. I'll say both those came from bonus points, those kind of extra points. Mm. Corey, you take this episode. You had a lot, despite some unconventional and kind of against the grain takes, I think your arguments were very solid and pretty good. Uh, quickly going through all of them. Uh, in the first debate, actually, first debate, Scott, I had you win. However, you tied point-wise for Corey because Corey, you just... I'm sorry, that's actually the second debate. My bad. Actually, both the first and second debate, um, Scott won, but then Corey came up and tied because yeah, I, I of lost. bonus points. Um, it was in the third round where Corey, you actually, I had you win that one. So I think you made good arguments and counter arguments but just an extra two bonus points pulled you through. Jake, I know it's late for you. It's worn as strong all around. Um, but yeah, I think some points that I liked throughout the whole thing, uh, just that you have the legacy, that was such a nice cherry on top of that first debate, Corey, I love that. Um, in the second debate, Scott, I actually really liked how you brought in the argument about, um, you used fun as a big argument in yours, and I'm very much a proponent of that. I like fun in my games. Um, like, even in the order of these mixed up, the Lexi thing was also the second debate. Why am I, what happened in the first debate? I don't know what happened in the first debate. First oh, debate. Boy, I liked, I liked mechanics. I liked, so I liked how you made a mechanic, and that was nice. Um, last debate, uh, that was just a fun thing, fun thing to watch and listen to. And uh, yeah, but I, I think, or Scott, you're about to win the last debate until Corey brought up the point about watching all my friends and family die. That kind of pulled him through. Yeah, I think that'll wrap up this episode of D and Debate. Talking about ability scores, these amazing six core stats of the game. Make sure to like and share and do all those things. Let us know in any comments where you want. Uh, who do you think won? What your thoughts and opinions on ability scores? And uh, yeah, we will. Uh, Thanks for listening. Tune in to next episode where you hear us argue a little bit more and take care. Yeah.